0: Today I want to talk to you about a basic cultural definition and distinctive of C3. And uh, it's in all of our, it's in all of our, whoops, can you see this at all? I might need another white pen or something, guys. Can you see that? It says connection. Thank you very much. Here you go, Christopher. Try that one. Here, you can have that one back. Uh, Connection. Yep, about the same. Amen. <laughs> connection. Everybody say connection. I'm so excited to be at Silverwater. You're, you're on fire, you guys. You're like, and, and part of the reason that we will keep expanding and why we'll have that balcony completely full by the end of the year is because of the fire that's in this congregation. And when we start stepping out and believing God, we will see great results, although they're not as quick as we want. I remember being here, what it would be nearly, when was it we came out here? Would it be 10 years ago? Seven years ago? 10 years ago, my Lord. And it was a tough, it was a tough few couple of years there. I remember prophesying every week I'd come here and I used to come out just about every week. I was driving back and forth and we kind of, well, I wouldn't say it was driving, it was more like low flying. And uh, Richard Tooley was helping us and we'd We'd, we'd uh, get between services and uh, I was doing three services a morning and this was the, the middle one. I, uh, we'd, we'd come out here and we'd prophesy and say that balcony's going to be full. Now, I expected it to happen within about three years. But things in God sometimes take longer than you want. And He's just looking for faithfulness. He's looking for committed. But then all of a sudden, things get a compounding impact and take off. And things start happening quicker than you ever thought they would now. When that finally happens, God is looking around the room for people he can build on. And the people he can build on are the people who kept turning up when it was difficult to turn up. And the the people he can build on are people who turn up. You you need to know that a pastor's love language is turn up. And uh, when, when I'm trying to build our church, I'm not looking for the talented people. I'm not I'm not looking for charismatic people. I'm not looking for educated people. I'm just looking for people who are there. If they're not there, I can't build on them. Because this is what happens when I go out in the foyer and I meet a newcomer and I say, hey, I'd like you to meet Bill the Builder. I'd like you, you to meet Pete the Plumber. Or I'd like you to meet Mary the Mermaid. You know, uh, I just want you to, but if, if Mary the Mermaid's not there or if, Pete the Plumber's not there. I can't introduce this newcomer to them, which I'm trying to build and connect and create connections with in the church. And so, obviously, that you just find someone who is there who will connect with them. And connection is the basis of the church. I mean, it's kind of nice to come into a church where there's beautiful sound, a big screen, and nice music, and all of that. But let me tell you, that wears off after a little while the novelty of a new kind of church and an exciting kind of church and preachers who like are a little different, like Dorian, you know, they're kind of good looking, but he's married, so you know, no problem there people. Uh, but you get you get a, a different kind of church life, but all of that wears off. But I tell you what never wears off is connection. Friendship and the sense that you are joined to one another, is something that needs to only grow in the house of God. So let me take you to a passage of Scripture. And the reason I want to talk about this is because next week you've got to connect fair. here. We weren't going to do it this week, but we wanted to talk about C3 College uh, through this and celebrate the birthing of this. Now listen, you've got to go to C3 College. Why? Because it's my idea to have it out here. And you're going to make me look like a complete idiot if you don't go. We've got two people at that college. They'll be getting back in the planning meeting and say, Pastor Phil, what were you thinking? I remember when I was trying to push for online college and people going, oh, I'm not sure, I'm not sure about that. But we've had like nearly 10,000 graduates through online college. And when I see all of the, all of the graduates who have come through it, I see so many of our C3 churches that are, that, are, that are involved in it. It's almost all of them. And it was a shock to me that so many of our churches would pick it up as their college and start to use it. But I believe that we are going to see an equipping of people at a new level for the center of Sydney, and Penrith has got two new leaders out there. We're going to see Penrith expand, and all the people of Penrith can come here, and then all the people in this part of the city, not necessarily even see three people, can find a place to study the Bible. Now, it's only for two days a week, Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, eight, eight, 8 o'clock to 1 thirty each day. And if, if that's too tough, then do the night school. And at least be involved in it. Because the second part of when God expands things quickly, I mean, a long time, and you think nothing's happening, nothing's happening much. It's just slow growth, slow growth. And then boom, suddenly you got big growth uh, happening uh, in, in San Diego C3 Church, which I was just in a few days ago. They, for years, were getting hovering around 300, 400 people. I'd be there preaching in their hall, and then it would grow to about 600. Then it got to 700. And then it was around about 1,000, uh, 1,500. 1, and I remember Pastor Jürgen there saying, oh, I don't know if I'm ever going to break 3,000. Well, suddenly, boom, everything took off. Everything took off. They're at nearly 7,500 now. With four campuses, buying a new building, buying a ranch that's 1,600 acres, uh, no, 400 acres uh, that can take 1,600 people at once for their men's conferences. They are expanding at a rapid rate. Now there's huge momentum there. Now, all of a sudden, I see all these new leaders that I never even knew were there before. This couple who do in the East Campus, I've never met them before. And uh Such a wonderful couple, but they've just been there, faithful every week, every week, every week. Now, there are some more talented people who've come and gone, but that's not what you're looking for. You're looking for the committed and the trained. And so when suddenly we get, boom, expansion in a place, in a house, God is looking around, and He wants to build on not just the committed, that's basic, but also those who are trained, those who have a capacity and an anointing to stand in a band and a worship and the anointing's on them. The worst thing on earth is when you're listening to a singer who's a good singer, but there's no anointing on them. I and mean, the worst thing is to listen to a drummer who's not consecrated to God, who's trying to play ACDC up the back or or just bringing uh, something that's not from God. You, you, you notice it. You can't, you can't entrust leading meetings and leading connect groups to people who haven't actually... consecrated their lives and gotten some training about raising up a church that is connected. And to be connected, you need to know how to connect people. You'll never connect people together if you don't know personally how to connect. Jesus says in John 13 verse 34, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I've loved you and that you also love one another. Okay, so in a survey and there's lots, lots of surveys about what people are wanting in life. At the top of the charts is not success, youth, good looks, or any of those things. The clear winner every time is relationships. One quarter of the population of Sydney live alone. They're in a house all on their own. They go home. There's no one there except them and their cat or their dog or maybe nothing, maybe just a goldfish and that is loneliness. We live in a world that even, even though we are technologically more connected, the level of loneliness has increased. And Wikipedia, you know, when I did a little study on that, it was a, interesting to see that Wikipedia, at, at the very top of loneliness, says loneliness increases heart disease. Loneliness And it started to list off all of these medical issues that people start having simply because they're not in community. We don't just need God. We need one another. And God has put us in the house of God to actually get closer to one another. So it's like the spokes of a wheel. The closer you get to God, the closer you get to one another. The further you are away from God, the more isolated you will be, the more alienated you are. When I've read visions of people who have been to hell, and they they come back and they say, listen, those people who think they're going to see all their friends and have a party when they go to hell are sadly and tragically mistaken. Nobody in hell knows anyone else is there. They are completely self-absorbed with their own grief, anguish, and pain. There are people screaming and crying, but nobody is interested in trying to help anybody else. They are in complete isolation. And, they, and this person said, the hell of hell is isolation. Is that you are so alone inside your own world. And so many people, they don't need to go to hell to have hell happen to them. They're in that hell right now. They wonder if anybody knows them, if anybody cares, if there's anybody else in the world who's even interested in their life. A lot of people don't even pay their electricity bill just so they get a letter from someone. The fact is, the church has the most unique and distinctive level of connection. It's called fellowship that you can find. And there is an ache in the heart of everybody to have that kind of connection with other human beings. But it can only come in a thing called fellowship, which is spiritual. There are, very, there are various kinds of love in the world. There's family love, there's friendship love, there's erotic love. And a lot of people are trying to fill up that ache for connection with those kind of loves. With family love, and that's a deep kind of love. It's an awesome kind of love. Friendship love is beautiful. When you've got a friend and you feel like you're together for life, erotic love, which is where a lot of people go, for in sex, trying to find a way to actually fulfill that sense of connection and that need for one another. But it is only fulfilled when your spirit is born again and you're able to actually connect, not just, this is just a quick sort of a person, okay? And uh, uh, there's two people. And uh, reaching out for one another and, uh, you know, like, like that. Now, head... Heads connect with heads. If I talk just information to you, you get information in your head. You go to a college, you get like a like a like a university or a school, head to head. You don't really feel like you're having a relationship with the teacher. If you do, it's kind of dodgy, uh, you know. But but then heart to heart, that's that's a deeper kind of connection. When you feel like yeah, they feel me, uh, they understand me. I'm I'm connecting. But the deepest connection you'll have is in your spirit. Deep down inside of you, you have a spirit. And when you feel like you're on the same page spiritually with another person, you're walking to the beat of the same drum, you can enter into a thing called the love of God, agape. And that's where you will end up making sacrifices for one another, where you assist one another and you help another person. The deepest level of emptiness that anybody can feel in this life is to have a meaningless life. That life doesn't have any meaning. Meaningfulness is discovered when I help somebody else. Not when I become famous or successful or make a lot of money or accumulate a lot of stuff for me. That's not meaningfulness. In fact, the more stuff you accumulate, the, le- the more empty you will feel the less meaningfulness you will feel. you think, my God, this is so empty. But when you have touched somebody else's life, I read yesterday about somebody who just paid for another person's little bag of groceries on the way out of the grocery store. And they said, I felt like I was, li- I felt like the richest person on earth, like I'd done the most magnificent thing in the world. I, and they're talking about it on Facebook. I thought, that's a funny thing to talk about on Facebook. But anyway, go ahead. And uh, uh, how, how happy they were that they had reached out beyond themselves. It's a great day when you walk up behind, when you walk up behind somebody, and they've got all their groceries there, and you just pay for it. You should try it sometime, uh, complete stranger. And then just put a little C3 Parramatta opening up next week. Amen. <laughs> just, 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 just put a little uh, C3 C3 Silverwaters on the go. You know, like we'd love to love to connect. Just, just do something like that. Uh, bless somebody during the week. I used to pay for people's tolls all the time when we go through the bridge, tu- you know, the tunnel and whatever, it shows you how old I am. When, when you used to throw coins in the bucket, I'd throw a ton of them in and just say, hey, pray for all the guys coming up after me. And you see these people thinking, who is that up there? And it would change their whole day, like from there on in, they're thinking, somebody paid for me. Somebody did something. I had a woman once who was fumbling in her, trying to get money out of her purse because she had a baby in one hand and a pram in the other. And, and so I just said, hell, let me do it. It was like 20 bucks, 15, 18, 20 bucks or something. It was nothing. And she starts crying. She says, nobody's ever done that for me in my whole life. And, and uh, I didn't actually witness to her. I just thought I'd, I'd do it. I had a friend with me. But it changed my friend's life. He, he saw that. He said, you didn't even try and make her a Christian. I said, no, not really. I just want to love people. You know, I just want to bless them, and uh, not everybody's evangelistic material. And, and you might think it's good for them, but it's just as good for you yeah. to learn how to live out beyond yourself. We can't connect with people if we're trying to take from them. You connect with people by loving them, and loving them means I'm going to love you and bless you and not just live in this life for me. When your whole life is, is for others, it's, it's so much better. And, and when, when we do things together, we are so much better. You know those geese, they fly in formation? And they're helping each other because cause, they just, they'll go 50% further because they're flying in the, in the what do they call it? The backdraft, the, the, the wind, uh, slipstream of the one in front of them. And then they keep changing the front guy because he's tired of carrying all the rest. You know how there's, there's one that's always longer than the other? You you notice that? You know why that is? That's because there's more geese in one line than the, than in there are in the other. <laughs> I know that's deep, yeah. But <laughs> look, th- together, our capacity to accomplish things is so much greater. Belgian horses—they are huge horses—and they have they have these these contests where they pull a dead weight, lead weight. Uh, and they see who can do the, the highest. Well, one of them pulled 8,000 pounds. This is an American uh, story, you know. So that in the Midwest, they have these 8,000 pounds he's pulling, one. Two of them, you'd think, well, they'll, they'll pull 16,000 pounds. No, they pulled 24,000 pounds. Because the energy of doing something together actually releases a greater power through us. But then two... Of these Belgian horses that knew each other, they you'd think, okay, well, they're gonna pull a little more than twenty-four. They pulled thirty-two thousand pounds together of dead weight. Two that knew each other since birth, they pulled fifty-two thousand. They just knew each other. So so connection actually improves your capacity to achieve so much more. Because you're doing it with another person. That's why a great marriage is so powerful. That's why great connect groups are so powerful. That's why when you and I say, I'm going to get trained up in C3 College to develop a connect group, why we can do so much better. I would love to think that in our connect groups, we've got more people meeting during the week than actually even meet on a Sunday. Because in those connect groups, we can accomplish together so much more than we ever would than if we are trying to do it on our own. When you get together in a connect group, you're going to find that the love of God, caring for each other, makes it all work together. You know, when God created the world, every time he created something, he said, that's good, right? But do you know, when he created his first man, Adam, you know what he said? That's very good. He said, that's very good. When he created you, everything else was good, but you, he said, that's very good. But then a couple days later, Adam's walking around not knowing to do what, anything with himself. He doesn't know what to watch on Netflix. He, his dishes are piling up. His uh, socks are undone, you know, no, no ironing happening, you know, like, like the, the house is undecorated. It's just a mess. God says, that's not good. Everything else was good, then very good, but now it's not good. It's not good that man be alone. And you women know that. When you leave him alone for a whole week or even an afternoon, huh, what a mess, right? It's not good that he be alone. He's a depressed mess. He's got nobody to show off to. He's got nobody to, 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 to like, lay down his life for. And, uh, and so God created woman. And then it's been a mess ever since. No, he created a woman. <laughs> And we're all trying to deal with that, right? (laughs) Marriage can be really good or really bad. And it depends on whether you decide, you know, we're going to live by these rules that Jesus put in our lives where we love one another. And you're going to find, once you understand what love is, that you're going to be able to do exactly what Jesus said. 1 Corinthians 13 defines love. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. So he goes down to verse verse 4, and the musicians can come if you're ready. Uh, Love is patient and kind. Beautiful. Patience, I know it's like swearing for some people. They just don't want to even know about patience. And kind. It's not cruel. It's kind. Gentle lightness of touch. The word gentle in scripture is when you do not hold people to a rigid, religious, exacting rule, but you give them room to make mistakes and to breathe. Uh, Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude, it does not demand its own way, it is not irritable. Just thought I'd let that settle there for the guys. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. How about that when you're offended and and you just don't even let it touch you? You say, No, I'm not gonna let that bug me. Let me tell you this taking a scripture is way better than taking a session in therapy or taking a pill. Reach out for scripture. It'll change your life. Not just what it says, but the power of it to do what it says is in the scripture. And it will change your thinking every week. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Love never gives up. And that's what Connect Group's are so wonderful for. That's what the church is so wonderful for. If We can be a place that never gives up on anybody. And there are some people who really frustrate the heck out of you. I know. But be bigger than that. There's some people who have offended you. Let's get bigger than that not hold grudges, trying to get back at them. Let's not be rude. Let's not be envious. I heard about a guy who was, you know, in, in the world of envy. Three guys were in a boat. This bottle comes along and in it, it's a genie. They rub it and, and they're lost out in the ocean. And The genie says, one wish each. The first one says, oh, I wish I was back with my family, back home, you know. And uh, boom, he's gone. The other guy, he said, oh, I wish I was back in my city. He didn't have a family, but he says oh, I miss my city. Boom, he's gone. The other guy, he says, "Wow, oh, I'm so lonely. I wish the other two were back here." <laughs> what are you wishing for? Sometimes what you, you don't want to get, what you're wishing for. You know. We can be wishing for what other people have. I'm so envious of that. I'm so envious of this. But let me tell you, when Jesus comes into your life, he brings not just connection with himself, but connection with other people. The greatest gifts I have in this life are not buildings or movement or all the things that are it's the people. The greatest blessings I've been blessed with are long-term friends and the fellowship that you get from that. None of us are perfect in those friendships friendships don't always work that well. But I'm telling you, eventually you get through everything. And you're so grateful for the connection that God gave you. And I'm a healthy person on the inside, mentally and emotionally because i got great connections with other people. When people have no relationships with one another, they're going to find themselves mentally, emotionally, spiritually falling apart. But when you've got great, healthy relationships, it's going to bless you at every level in your life.